Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Long before COVID-19, another pandemic was raging across the American landscape, penetrating all age groups, races, and socioeconomic classes, the cause opioids. The culprit, Purdue Pharmaceutical and companies, and the company's deceitful approach to lure in and hook patients. Coming clean, Andy Timoner's new documentary examines the opioid addiction through the eyes of those who are affected, as well as the political leadership that has to deal with this to bring the end, those who are seeking to bring the profiteers to justice. Timoners deeply engages us in the weaving of personal stories of addicts and their families struggling to overcome this and this painful addiction, sometimes with success, oftentimes with devastating and heartbreaking consequences. The film again is called Coming Clean, and we're joined today by the director, Andy Timoner. Andy, welcome back to Film School Radio. Again, I want to thank you for coming back. You were kind enough to come on for uh, Brand A Second Coming a few years ago, and you continue to do God's work in terms of your documentary film output as well as just your other side projects. So congratulations on those and congratulations on coming clean. What thank you on to this project? What was it that what was it about it? Well, I was approached initially by the Parker Foundation, um, and uh, they really wanted to crack the case of how this epidemic swept our country, this the deadliest drug epidemic in our history, and, uh, and to break down the stigma. Um, and in looking at you know, my own personal career trajectory and what, what I had covered, you know, whether it was DIG with Anton Newcomb's addiction to heroin back uh, 20 years ago, or it, you know, when I was filming that, or Russell Brand, who had struggled through heroin addiction, I had kind of danced around that uh, that drug's power over people um, and and had been touched by it through my subjects, but had never really delved into it. And uh, looking at the documentary landscape and what had been made before on the topic um, and about this epidemic, there was really nothing that put any light on recovery, on any hope, on the humanity behind the addiction. I mean, the, the previous films that had been made all seem to be, uh, you know, a little bit sensationalist and very dark. Lots of people with needles hanging out of their arms or they couldn't stop using. And it was kind of like, it still felt like those people when in fact this epidemic has touched almost all of our lives now through uh, people that we love or people that we know or people that we work for. And as Mike Moore, uh, the, you know, famous lead prosecutor in the film says the the percentage is extremely high of people that are actually addicted and hiding it because of the stigma and then dying from drug overdoses. So to me, it felt like there was something I could bring if I could figure out how to to show uh, the people struggling on the front lines of this in a with humanity. And yeah. that was that was my goal going into it. And then also they wanted to, you know, use art as a way to to break down the stigma. And I like appreciated that challenge. So I went in thinking, how can I, how can I make this beautiful? How can I make, how can I make this un, you know, something you can't turn away from, even though it's so dark. So that was kind of the challenge. And I love a good challenge. And as well as a film that while it lays out the issues and it shows the devastating impact that this 
this scourge has had on on our society. There are more than a few rays of hope and promise uh, moving forward. So that's something I certainly want to underscore in terms of the film. And this is the the double-edged sword of science. You know, the world we live in today, technology, science, along with this amazing scientific breakthrough that allows people to more um, appropriately manage real pain, that allows them to live a life, comes the commercial side where a company like Purdue Pharmaceutical takes advantage of, of that, of that, that breakthrough in science and turns it into something ugly and avaristic, if you will. Pharmaceuticals have a pretty bad name at this point, thanks to the exploitation. And I think that it was really important to me in the film to take everyone on the journey of how this happened. Right. How did this happen? You know, what was the history? What is the history of our addiction to opioids as a human population? Whether it was the British, you know, suppressing the Chinese so long ago, or even in this country, we had prior heroin epidemics before. And, and then showing that Bayer aspirin, you know, Bayer put out uh, heroin as a tincture that mothers could give to their children when they had a fever. It was it's like, it's always been there and it's a very powerful drug. But how did it come to be hundreds of thousands of Americans addicted to this? Millions addicted to this. And it was a very strategic plot on, on the part of Purdue, you know, on the, the Sacklers did play a real role. And then money trumps, no pun intended, but uh, our welfare in this country more often than it should, a lot more often than it should, as we've seen with the COVID-19 pandemic. It, you know, it's just very difficult to get distributors and uh, other companies that are for profit to turn away from what is a cash cow. Unfortunately, the cow is us. So yeah. um, that, that was important, I think, to expose and to take everybody on a on that trip, but simultaneously to show the power that the that the drug has on our body, to understand that when one becomes addicted to opioids, it could be that they have a, a, a knee injury or a back injury, and, and be, they become addicted almost immediately. And they're so overprescribed, these opioids, that you know it treats an underlying emotional pain and a, perhaps a mental illness or a early childhood trauma, which is so prevalent in this country. And we just don't have a mechanism in our healthcare system for handling mental illness and trauma and treating it. Uh, so the underlying conditions of addiction are not met um, and, not re and not handled before opioids come along and smooth the way. And next thing you know, the knee feels better, but, but now they're numbing the pain that they've been living with and carrying with these opioids. It's just too powerful a combination. And then before you know it, it's impossible physically to withdraw or feels impossible. It can't be done. But again, our system doesn't support anything more than a few days in a, in a hospital and then out on the street again, in most cases. So a lot of reform and a lot of progress needs to be made in this area if we want to solve this. And so it was just a lot to take on. It was a real, the challenge of the film really became kind of almost turning it into a food ink for addiction. Like, okay, we're an addicted country. How do we, how do we handle this? And how did it happen and how do we get out of it? And how do we treat our fellow people, you know, humans who are suffering from this disease with compassion and without judgment because they're before, but for the grace of God, go I. 
I want to remind our listeners. <laughs> That's a lot. No, that Sorry. is a lot. And, and this is, and it's a wonderful summation of it because it's an overwhelming issue because it is overwhelming our communities all around the country, certainly in uh, rural areas. It's had a devastating impact on hollowing out what I call hollowing out middle America. And, uh, and also, in addition to that, it's a law enforcement issue. It's also a healthcare issue. It is also a managing of resources issue. These are things, and and it, you get into this in the in the film. You talk about the cost of this uh, to our society on a yearly basis, and it is astronomical. If you want to get into the numbers a little bit, feel free to. But before we do that, I want to remind our listeners. Speaking with uh, Andy Timoner, she is the director of this documentary film called Coming Clean. What are the sort of let's go over a little bit of the sort of the, the hard facts of, of the cost involved here. There's a number in the film that I that jumped out at me, a half a trillion dollars a year. Yeah, it, it's a lot more uh, to leave this untreated than to start to make the changes. That's what's important to me. That's why I made, you know, cool it when I did my movie about climate change is that, you know, I really think of myself as a solutionist and I don't want to make a film that just adds to the pile of films that say this is a huge, dark problem. The reason why Mike Moore is essential to the film and Admiral Winnefeld, who lost his son, he was second in command in the military of this country um, and served under Obama and Bush and um, lost his son on his fourth day. And it, it University of Denver to an opioid overdose after he had already gotten clean. He just fell for it one night. And uh, this kind of tragic thing happens to so many people. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you're on, where you come from, nothing. It, it just, it absolutely can get anyone and everyone. Anyway, the two of them, Mike Moore, who took down Big Tobacco and BP Oil, and is known, you know, most famous for the big tobacco trial and right. took them down right. and then actually started the Truth Initiative to really actually reduce cigarette smoking among youth by something like 35 percent or more. Um, I'm forgetting the exact number right now, but they did a huge chunk. I think it's even more than that. They cut it in half, I believe, through marketing, through skillful meeting people where they are. I think that the two of them really lead us to solutions by the end of the film, that if it's half a billion dollars, it's going to be a lot less than that to solve it. Really, just yeah. to get treatment, just to get treatment is so much less than we actually think. It's not as daunting a problem. Sure, it's huge and it's complex and it's going to require everybody, everybody's participation with the money that we get from the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, through these lawsuits, we can make a huge dent in this if we actually appropriate the funds where they need to go. And so it's people like uh, Admiral Winnefeld, who has Safe Project at this point, turned his son's death into a mission for life and to save lives. Uh, he and his wife started Safe Project within months of his son's death. And then Mike Moore, who has taken on the opioid lawsuits along with a lot of other great attorneys in this country and and really helps us to understand how we can attack this problem in an effective way. Yeah. I feel like when we understand that, then it becomes less of this kind of dark, murky thing that we want to turn away from. Instead, we go, okay, we can roll up our sleeves and do this. And we felt like the movie needed to come out during this pandemic because opioid overdose deaths have doubled, more than doubled um, during this time due to the isolation, due to the lack of resources. So we wanted to 
make sure to put something positive into the atmosphere because we're looking at, you know, over a hundred thousand dead from opioid overdoses last year, uh, which is not that far behind how many people died from this pandemic, you know? Yeah. 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 So. I just want to let people know they can go to coming clean movie.com. That's one way to find out more about it. It's and also opening on um, like at Lemley cinema. So online January 22nd. So you'll be able to watch it. Uh, there. Fantastic. That's the virtual uh, the virtual theater experience. And that is, you can go to the Lemley. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, you can hear it. You can watch it um, through the Lemley. Um, you can watch it nationwide. Nation, no, Lemley. okay. Nationwide. Well, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Thanks to thanks, <laughs> the thanks new to, virtual world that we live in. One of my favorite phrases is adopt, adapt, and improve. I mean, we are here. We So how do we make the best of it? And virtual theater not only allows you to see great films, but it also keeps these theater chains, these smaller independent theater chains where you can see movies like Coming Clean, keeps them alive. And so that's- Glenways has always been great. It's always yes. been a fantastic art house cinema here in, yeah. in Los Angeles. And um, right. I'm glad that their collection is reaching the nation they have great taste we always like lemley is associated with great taste in this in this town also lemley is associated with the very earliest beginnings of of filmmaking in hollywood and the rest of it this is a this is a family tradition that goes back to the very beginning of filmmaking as we know it yeah when you're preparing to release on lemley you're dealing with you know greg and, Ga and gabe lemley <laughs> so yeah you're dealing with the family itself uh, and one of the one of the things that I was introduced to in your film Coming Clean was something I'd never thought about, but it makes a lot of sense. And that is not only do we talk about Purdue Pharmaceuticals, but you're also talking about a, a part of the market that I, I wasn't aware of that impacted um, the distribution and the sales for pharmaceutical drugs. But these companies, one is called IMS and there are others that are out there who are gathering information, just like when you go online and people, there, somebody's gathering information about your, your viewing habits. This company or companies are gathering information about who's taking what drugs and where and how they can go about marketing more of them to those people. Thank you for that. That is a really important part of this story. Yeah, that is actually, um... That is the new information in this film. That's uh, astute of you to pick that out. That's that's like 12, 13 minutes into the film. And it's just like, whoa, yes. that is happening. Like that is, they are literally tracking your pharmaceutical information and they are using that information to target you. And that can be used to create another epidemic. Um, so this is very dangerous, should not be allowed to happen and is happening. Um, so. Yeah, so it's very no. important for everyone it, to know about IMS, which are really, which is now called IQVIA. Oh, there you go. It, it, that is really it, absolutely. I don't. I don't think you can underscore this enough because it it also adds to the pressure. It, this is just the, the insidious evil part of all this. It is bad enough that it's an obvious healthcare and uh, um, societal issue, addiction, whether it be through opioids or other forms of addiction that is a real problem. And it's not just the costs as I identified earlier, like 
law enforcement and homelessness and all the rest of it. It well, that is kind of part of it. The social cost. It isn't just the hard cost of addiction. It's the social cost. It's the d- diminishment of family structure. It's the diminishment of our resiliency in our in our communities and in our society and our in our families. That is, and then so you have this market pressure being put upon an already stressed out part of our of our society to buy more to get more, to make it more convenient, to make it more available. And that is evil to me. I'm sorry, but that's just beyond any sort of idea of capitalism or anything else. That's just sinister. Yeah, they knew, you know, they all knew what's proven in this and and demonstrated in the film as well, is they had full knowledge that this was addicting people. They had full knowledge that there was a great risk to taking these drugs. And they lied straight up. They created commercials, propaganda. They use their ties inside the FDA to perpetrate this crime on all of us and destroy lives. And so many kids are growing up without parents because of this, which again, just as you just said, like, you know, impacts every aspect of our society from now on. It'll fill our jails. It'll cause more mentally ill people, more people who have had early childhood trauma. And so the cycle continues. And all for what? For some, for money. Well, that's yeah. why these settlements with like tobacco and hopefully, you know, the eventual settlement with Sackler and these other companies who have been involved in this is where it really matters to them. That it's, you can't, there's no moral argument to be made that will stop them from continuing. No, they said that they literally have doctors that they paid off saying that the only side effect is constipation, <laughs> you know? Like it's literally right there. And we showed that in the film. You can see the commercials. It's insane. Um, yeah, the, they're, the settlement should be a lot bigger than it, it looks to be shaping up to be. So, yeah. well, I, in the last couple of minutes I've got with you, I want to, because we didn't get, I haven't gotten so much into the different people that you follow who've gone through it, who are, some of them are on the other side of it. Some of them are still struggling with it. There's, this is a film that is realistic. It is, there's not a, it's not a rose colored glasses kind of approach to what's happening. And I'm glad that that's what pulls us through the film in terms of the emotional attachment that we have to these people. They're good people. Many of them, as you've said earlier, had suffered some kind of a a trauma, whether it be in childhood or otherwise, that has essentially created a psychology and and in all likelihood a physiology because of uh, a physical trauma for an opportunity for for that to happen to them, the the addiction part of this. So there's a lot in this film in terms of not just sort of a letting us know the information about what's happened in this industry, but also the real impact it's having on people's lives. That was another challenge of the film was I'm following people over time, over the last few years, who are such an inspiration. And really they're, they're, what, it, what became the sweet spot in the film was addicts in recovery who have had an impact an indelible impact um, and a crucial impact on policymakers. So you see and meet Destiny Garcia in the film, who was living homeless, who had been abused by her husband, uh, severely abused. And when she had an injury, she became addicted to the drugs. She ended up abandoning her kids. She ended up homeless. And in Salt Lake City, a place that you would never expect to have a massive opioid issue because of Mormonism, uh, but was number four in the country in overdose deaths at that time. They did a big sweep and they arrested her um, as part of that first sweep. And she was the first person to graduate drug court 
and became the the mayor at that time, Ben McAdams, brought her on to be his receptionist to kind of walk the walk, to really say, look, let's not judge these people forever. Let's give them an opportunity. It was uh, transformative for both of them uh, in terms of his understanding of, of the issue and her life. She is now on a mural of 200 women to change Utah forever. She's sober three years. She has a new baby. She uh, has moved up the ranks in the mayor's office. She's an absolute inspiration. And you get to kind of track her journey in this film, which I just gave away. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And then... And then you have, uh, you know, Brittany Pedersen, who's state representative at the time and now state senator in Colorado, whose mother was absent as she grew up. I mean, was addicted to opioids for the last 30 years, had 20 overdoses. And when she had one last one while Brittany was actually running the opioid subcommittee inside of the Colorado Congress at that time, during that session, she had an overdose. And this time she wanted to recover and there was no way to do it. And that's when Brittany understood how the system was failing firsthand. And now Colorado leads the country in terms of its opioid legislation and opportunities and services. So seeing that relationship and being inside that relationship of mother and daughter is a truly moving experience. And um, Admiral Winnefeld, like I mentioned, losing his son, opened his life to us. Uh, So we follow these stories. And then we take you on the ride of the whole of the whole thing and how it happened. And so I think it's kind of an interplay between the personal and the political and like the micro and the macro that makes this film special to me. It was an ambitious film to take on an issue like this and try to make it all those things. But I think we do it. I think we pull it off. <laughs> Certainly there's a film there you can watch. So it, it did a great um, job. And again, let's, you, you've said it, but let's not forget the political leadership, which took some real bravery in terms of their, uh, their future as uh, in the political realm to take this on and to not flinch when they could have easily, you mentioned Ben McAdam as well as uh, Brittany P- uh, Patterson. And oh, yeah, uh, they're fantastic. Yeah, this is hopefully the new world uh, as we move forward, because therapeutic justice, restorative justice, these are the concepts that we need to be embracing instead of punitive, you know, throw them in jail forever. We'll show them this sort of idea that uh, addiction is a, a, a moral failing and that it and that the only way forward is to punish them in some sort of hellscape of a, you know, of a prison is just ridiculous. I think that that's why we start the film with therapeutic justice, because um, that's where we have to land. And there's really no argument for the opposite. There's just no financial argument. There's no social argument. There's no upside to the way that we've been going. Uh, So we have to make these changes. And I do believe that because of the, the pandemic we've been through, there's a lot more compassion and a lot more room for an understanding that we need to take care of one another. Um, So I'm hopeful that this will be, and with Biden coming into office, I'm hopeful that this will be, you know, a new age of compassion. One thing you said at the very beginning of our interview, which I completely agree with, and I've been, it's something I've been advocating for a long time. And that is we're going to find out whether through the, you know, the social science of of, uh, tracking social cost, we're going to find out it is a lot less expensive to take care of things the way that you're the, the, that's being advocated in coming clean, that it's a lot less uh, of an impact and in fact a beneficial impact on society to do it this way as opposed to 
the disruptive and cruel way in which we've been handling. It's really almost uh, it's almost middle age kind of thing to, 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 to our approach to, you know, at one point, the United States was considered the leading light in terms of imprisonment, uh, the, the, the courts, how they handle things. There was a time in the not so distant past where we were considered the place to go if you wanted to learn about this sort of idea of restorative justice. But we have gotten so far away from that. And um, what we're beginning to return to some version of that. And the rest of the world is doing it already. Many parts of the world, I should say, not all of it, certainly. So we're getting. Well, we show that too. The, the yeah. Switzerland example is really yes. pretty powerful in there. You're right. I mean, the idea of legalizing heroin, I mean, people start, you know, their hair bursts into flames and they run out of the room. But the, the, but and here we have an example of it's happening up in in Oregon. It's or I'm well, I'm sorry, is it Colorado? I believe, but there are places around the country are beginning to understand that a better approach is is this. Yeah, anything that's happening in Colorado, you can look at the movie and understand why. Um, yes, yes. So it's kind of a it's kind of nice to see that these things that we read, you know, and to understand it, it is a true fact that the things that we see as happening, whether it's legislation or, um, you know, any kind of advancement, it just starts with a person. It starts with connection. And the opposite of um, addiction is connection. So, you know, that's what we need to do. We need to connect and, and see what we can do. We can do a lot when we don't isolate and when we don't say those people, you know, yeah. I can't do anything. There's a lot we can do. And, uh, and I think, it starts with that. And I, I hope that through coming clean movie, we'll be able to put more and more uh, alliances. Like we're, we're making alliances with shatterproof and with safe project. Um, there's organizations that you can support that really help in this area. And there's a lot of people, as I said, and as we know that are touched by this, that are working to advocate for these changes, but it will affect every aspect of our society. It's not just those people. Well, you can go. Um, you can go to comingcleanmovie.com, and you can find the the link there. Uh, join the fight, and so there's there's another reason to to check this out. And to you, Andy Timonar, I thank you so so much for the film Coming Clean. If people want to find out more, as I said, comingcleanmovie.com. Also, if they want to find out more about your work, you have interloperfilms.com. I n t e r l o p e r films.com to find out more about the work you've done and what you're working on. I see this thing called Total Disruption. That sounds like a lot of fun uh, in terms of <laughs> what you're working on. And uh, I hope you'll come back when that when it, the opportunity presents itself. Of course I will. Always. <laughs> Thanks for what you do, Mike. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you. Again, we've been talking with the director of Coming Clean. That would be Andy Timoner. Thank, thank you, Andy. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.